to be fully committed to changing your fitness level and overall quality of life requires you to make a lifestyle change, which means that you're fully invested in your overall life narrative and the story you want to tell. For John Casavus, he's been a personal trainer for more than 15 years, who's dedicated to helping people get their confidence back in their lives through martial arts, exercise, and mindset hacks. For John, resiliency plays a big part of his personal and professional story. He challenges himself to learn the full fitness story of whomever he's working with in order to relate to them on a more human level. Katsavos joined me this week to have a conversation about fitness, resilience, and the meaning of personal and professional perseverance. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, I know that you're a fitness uh, personal trainer, buddy, that works to sort of make sure that people get, get their confidence back through a fitness and other forms of martial arts. So I'm wondering if you can tell me about all the, the, the work that you do. Uh, sure. Um, by trade, I'm a personal trainer. Um but, uh, you know, I've been doing personal training for 15 years, and it seems like most personal trainers out there are more like life coaches than they are physical, physical train, physical coaches. So I thought uh, with the onset of COVID and all the people suffering from mental health issues, addictions and isolation, I thought to myself, well, there's an easy solution to all this. And uh, easy solution is getting active, getting out there, go, going out for daily walks, doing a little uh, workout routines by yourself and you don't necessarily need a gym. So I thought, you know, let me put, uh, let me put my knowledge online and start uh, sharing that with the people. And through it, I created a, a couple of kettlebell courses, uh, in-home workouts, in-park workouts. Uh, now that I moved to an area of the world where I can, you know, see people phys physically and things a lot in the world are opening up now so i can get back to you know working out in gyms and helping people out in gyms so that's why that table is there to help uh help people become better yeah absolutely and i know why they go up four pillars 
terms of exercise. So I'm wondering if you can tell me all about it and uh, how you came up with it. Sure. It's the, the four pillars of fitness. And um, the four pillars of fitness are basically the four things that I see that people are missing that limit them to get the the most out of their workouts. And that basically revolves um, on the general concept of the general scope of uh, fitness and everything, which is nutrition, rest and recovery, exercise, and mindset. And um, it's basically, I, I what I do is I formulate my entire programs all around those four pillars of fitness. So I, I help people identify that, identify where they're missing, uh, which pillar is more prominent than the other and what they can do to the other ones to bring them up through simple life hacks. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that, that uh, confidence is a big part uh, of what to do and helping people restore their confidence. So tell me about restoring their confidence and the change you see in people once you start working with them. That's a very interesting um, point because you don't really see it. It's, it's, I, like to, I, like to sh- I like to tell people that seeing your body change is like watching grass, grass grow. Like it, you, you don't see it until somebody points it out to you. And that's where you see the most, uh, uh, where, where the person has the biggest aha moment. When somebody they haven't seen in three months, six months, a year, all of a sudden they see them and they're like, Whoa, what happened to you? You just see the, the, you just see the, you just see the person just change, just switch from, um, you know, being uncon unconfident to having a ton of self-confidence. And, um, I remember one story, uh, one client that I had, she came to me, she was about a hundred, hundred pounds overweight. She's like five foot four, 250 pounds. And, um, and she was super shy, extremely shy for, for me to get any word or for, for me to engage this, this young lady in conversation, it was like trying to pull, like trying to pull nails. It was so painful, but after, you know, building confidence and rapport with this person she was started open opening up to me and she just came in just for the just for you know talking her problems to with somebody else so basically uh making a long story short like we spent a year together and uh at the end of it towards the end of it she was ready to cancel her membership and uh my my manager uh, she kind of did like a double take when she saw her and when she scanned, she scanned in and my manager just did, um, are you sure you're the right person? She's like, um, yeah, that's me. Yeah. That's, this is my card. And she goes, well, this is who you looked, who you were a year ago when we took the picture of when you started with us and you look nothing like this person anymore. She never hugged me before. She when she saw me, she gave me the biggest hug, and she couldn't stop saying "thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you." And that just changed her, and it changed the trajectory of her life too. Because she ended up finding someone to marry. She, 
I'm hoping that if she's listening to this, that she's happy with that person. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, to answer your question, it's self-confidence is something that you build over time. And you, when it comes to something like personal training and changing body transformation, you don't necessarily see it right away. It's somebody that will point it out to you. And in terms of, uh, just one follow-up on regaining confidence, what do you think is the key to start taking ownership of your fitness journey? Keeping it simple. Try keep it simple because fitness, like changing your fitness, changing the way you look, you really are changing the way you live. Because it's not one piece. It's not like uh, a physical transformation. It's a personal transformation. And trying to keep it, trying to keep these things simple is key because it's so, it can get so much, you know? So just trying to keep it simple, um, change one small thing at a time. Yeah, absolutely. And tell me, but I'm curious to ask you about your own personal journey and how you've evolved into the person you are today. Um, I've always been in the fitness world. Uh, but when I haven't been in the fitness world, it's been very hard, like psychologically for me. Uh, the hardest part was, uh, when I was in my twenties, which was like 20 years ago, (laughs) don't do the math (laughs) or do the math. I don't care. I'm going through a calculator in my head, but it took, (laughs) Um, I had it all. Um, I had it all and more, uh, a great, well, a good job that was paying me good money. Uh, put myself back into university so I could, you know, level up my level up my life. Uh, I was going to move out on my own. I had my own car, bought my own car, a car that I shouldn't have bought. And, um, I lost my job. I lost my job because of somebody else's actions, two people's actions. And uh, it, it led me into a really dark place. Like I didn't want to go out. Uh, I locked myself in my parents' basement for a year. Um, every morning that I would wake up and I would always wake up late. Because I would go to bed like two, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. I would wake up. I'd have some very negative words to myself in the mirror, and um, it, and it basically uh, it ended up for me standing on a bridge, thinking about ending it because I was I felt completely worthless. I didn't feel like I had any value left in this world, and uh, for a young man in his mid twenties when all his friends are, have their life quote unquote intact and on the path that everybody else thinks that the path is proper for them. You know, you, 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 you look at your life. I was looking at my life thinking I'm nowhere near these guys. So what's the point of me continuing? 
And uh, it was up until I up until that bridge, uh, I had a little bit of an epiphany, a little bit of a divine intervention, if you will, um, telling me that you know what I have more to this world, I have more to offer this world than I really tell myself right now. So at the time, I didn't really think that, but I didn't really believe it. But it was like one thing after another, one small step after another. Like I would, after that, like I would go, go out for a daily walk. Like I would wait for my parents to go to work and uh, I would just force myself outside just for five minutes, you know, get some fresh air. And the five minutes led to a little bit of a longer walk, a little bit more focus on look, finding another job. So I found a job that led, that led me to get into a gym. Uh, the job led to a higher paying job, which led me to get to martial arts uh, practice, which I did for the for 12 years after after that, I started instructing people. And it's just it was just one thing at a time, slowly but surely, I got to the point where I am now. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the ways you uh, bring value to your life now is I know that uh, profoundly changed you when you started working with uh, folks with disabilities and helping them uh, maximize their fitness level. So I'm wondering if you can tell me about it. Sure. Um, when I when I had gotten that next level job, uh, I found myself really bored. <laughs> I was working at a loading dock and I'm like, okay, this is a, a great job pays well, but there's no future. There's no, there's no drive for me to go anywhere. So I decided uh, one night in an elevator, I was like, you know what? I really love doing personal training. And I've never been, I've never been the type of person that I like complacency, complacency. I always like pushing myself. I always like get living outside my comfort level. So becoming a personal trainer, I knew how to, I knew how to work out. I knew how to get results for myself. I've been helping my friends and my family members. So basically going back to the story is uh, I became a personal trainer um, because that's a, that's one of the passions in my life. And um one day my boss asked me if I was interested in challenging myself, like in training. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I love, I love a challenge. I love thinking outside the box. So he, uh, he gave me my first disabled person, which he was blind and trying to explain a leg press, for example, for a, for a blind person really, really pushed how I was supposed to look at explaining a simple, a quote unquote, simple movement for somebody who is not disabled to somebody who can't see. And it was like, okay, how am I going to explain this movement to someone that doesn't have the ability of sight? So it really pushed me to think outside the box, really pushed me to really identify my, my explanation process into, a, into the next level. And it, from there, it, was, it has been just one person after another, after another, after another, and after another. And it's one challenge after another. Like I had one person with spina bifida 
he had 1% functionality in his leg, in his lower extremities. It's like, how do I stimulate the muscles that will mimic a squat for a person who's, who only has 1% uh, functionality in, in his lower extremities? There's a way to do it, but I have to, again, think outside the box of, you know, uh, put him on a leg press. Well, he can't do a leg press. Do a hack squat. Well, he can't stand up. How am I going to put him in a hack squat? So there's a specific way from a seated position to stimulate the muscles because that's all it is. It's muscle stimulation. It doesn't, they don't care whether it, you name it a squat or a leg press or a hack squat or a deadlift or whatever. It's just, how do you stimulate the muscle with what the person has? Yeah, you know, uh, as you know, Jonathan, I used to work in inclusive employment, and I felt you on your own podcast that uh, sometimes they got to fit the person to what, what you're asking them to do rather than fitting, uh, the, uh, fitting what you're asking the person to do to what their capabilities are, right? Yeah, to a point. To a point, like when it comes to working with people with disabilities, it's pretty evident what they're capable of. And it's a little bit harder when people don't have the disabilities, because then you have to put them, I have to put them on there and find out where they're disabled at. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Jonathan, tell me, uh, when you think of the word perseverance, how do you define personal and professional uh, perseverance. Well, <laughs> I am. Uh, I am. A, I've been known to be a bullheaded cancer. So um, when it comes to perseverance, for me, it's never quit. It's uh, constantly looking for things that are hard and doing the hard stuff because that's where I find value. I don't find value in doing stuff that that's easy. And living your living your life just outside your comfort level and constantly learning and constantly pushing yourself and never being afraid to fail. If you're afraid to fail, uh, there's, I mean, it's, it's fine, but it's not who I am. I love, I love to be able to fail because there's so many amazing, amazing um, lessons and being able to move past that that's where the perseverance is that's where that's where the that's where the gold lies yeah you know Jonathan I, I look at failure and fear as an opportunity to uh, uh, challenge yourself to advance forward would you agree with that I would I would but um, I also <laughs> I have to be careful with, with failure because when, when you fail too often and you don't give yourself small wins to, uh, to celebrate, it kind of puts a negative connotation to it. And it's not something that I like personally, nobody likes to fail me, especially, but the reality is like you said, without failure, there's nothing to, there's nothing to shoot for. There's nothing to learn, and that's where, that's where um, 
that's where I like to be. I always like to be in the learning phase. Yeah, yeah. You know, I always say that uh, uh, the day you turn your mind off to learning is the day that you die because everyone doesn't have the same experience level and the level of experience. And I think uh, the diversity of life is a differing perspective, isn't it? A point, yeah, but I also believe that death is also a learning experience. Yeah, and, and, and learning and growing from a life experience is, is important. That's why uh, I think we connect on a human level, and I also know uh, that you live now in South Florida, but you're originally from Canada, buddy. So tell me what uh, you miss about the north side of the border, and uh, what do you like, like most about living in South Florida, bud? Uh, what do I miss about Canada? Some friends and some family members, but not much. Okay. <laughs> Um, actually, no, that's a lie. I mean, living in South Florida has been, uh, it's been an interesting challenge, especially with a move down here. Uh, I never thought I would move down to the U S I always thought I was going to move across the pond into Europe, but it is what it is. Um, what do I like about South Florida? Let's see. Well, let's say, let, let, let's go with what I miss about what I'm going to miss about Canada. Uh, I'll miss the falls. I'll miss the, I'll miss the springs. Those are my two favorite seasons, spring and fall. I would like to say I miss summer, but it's summertime. This is the sunshine state and this is <laughs> summer year round. So you get summer 365 down there, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to miss the winners. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> but uh, some of the things that I actually like about down here is uh, the people. The people here remind me of what Toronto used to be back in the 80s. You know, friendly, kind, warm, nice people, good people, like salt of the earth people that are always willing to help a lending hand. Um I can't even begin to start to tell you the kind of the opportunities that have opened up for me down here. It's, it's crazy. Back in Toronto, I used to, I used to fight for every single millimeter that I, that I would move forward, fight tooth and nail here. It's like, if somebody is aligned with what your vision is and what, what, and where your direction is, They'll tag on to you and then push you forward. And it's that's what I love about this place. Mind you, the weather is also nice. It's a nice little. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I was waiting for you to say that. And uh, did you uh, see any parallels from American to Canadian culture? Like, can you tell the difference that you're in an American culture now that you've moved down to South Florida? Not really. Not really. Like if 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 you remove all the flags, if you remove the you know some of the, some if you remove all the flags, you think you're in you think you're in Canada. Well, it makes uh, you feel right at home. Then I guess, huh? With improved well, weather. 
Well, yeah, I, I always joke. I, I improved in the weather and I downgraded. I, I upgraded the weather and I downgraded the connectivity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I always joke. I always joke with that. Uh, but to be honest with you, it doesn't feel like home. Um, neither did Canada. I've been born, I was born and raised in Toronto. My whole life I spent in Toronto and um, I never felt like I was home. Uh, I've always felt like I was home in Greece and that was, that's still in the, that's still in play. That's still in play. That's your happy place, isn't it? Oh, that's uh, yeah. I, it, last time I went there was last summer in 2021. And um, when the plane was coming in for a landing, I was, I had the window seat and I was looking out the window and I was like, I'm in my mid forties. I was acting like a four-year-old in my seat. Well, you know, uh, when, when we get excited about adventures and culture, it doesn't matter what age you are, right? It's always exciting, isn't it? Sometimes. I mean, I've been, I, I sometimes, uh, I have to be honest. I have to be honest with you because uh, I've traveled around the world and uh, I don't get the feeling that I get the feeling when I go to Greece. I don't. I've been to Vietnam. I've been to Mexico. I've been to Cuba. I've been, I've been here in the United States many, many times. Um, I don't get the feeling. I don't get that feeling. Well, we all have that one special place, don't we? And it sounds like yours is, yours is greatest, huh? Yes, yes, absolutely. 100%. We all have that one special place. And it's important that we find that special place because that's... that's that's where that's where we can excel as a human being. Yeah, and celebrate the wins in life, right? I'm all about celebrating the small and big wins, wins in life. It's important, isn't it? Abs, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Jonathan, my final question for you today has to do with your own uh, personal or professional legacy and how you want that uh, to be defined. Um, I want to be able to help as many people as possible and give them the tools that they need so that they can get over whatever mental health issues that, that that's ailing them. And it doesn't have to be complicated. The, the biggest thing that I want to do is I want to create a community of people that are supporting each other and lifting each other up because we can't do this alone. And there's yeah. a myth that we are alone, which we are not alone. There's thousands of people that are suffering just like we are. Yeah, creating a sense of community is certainly important. Absolutely. And Father Jonathan, if you want to get connected with anybody, what's the best way they can do that? Um, I have a Linktree account. Uh, it's linktr.ee forward slash resilient reboot productions all my links all my social media is there you guys can just go there click on whichever social media platform you want to follow me on go right ahead um, and if you need to reach out to me there's uh, links there that have my email address directly to me and you can reach out send me an email pm dm whatever you like absolutely well Jonathan, I totally enjoyed a chance to spend a few minutes with you to talk about uh, fitness, mental health, your uh, time living in Canada, and everything in between, buddy. Your 
of work in the space of fitness and mental health is most appreciated, and I want to thank you for engaging in conversation with me this afternoon. It's most appreciated. Thank you for having me, Kevin. This was an honor to be here.